Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you drafted him, yeah, I get it. You're wishing you hadn't. He's mostly stunk it up, which is why if you're somehow thinking about starting him this week, don't. Instead, these next few guys could all be much better options. Four weeks in and a lot to digest all on today's episode. We got six players to consider starting, one player to trade away, one player to drop, but more importantly, what to do with one of, if not the biggest name in fantasy football, all right here on the Breakout Football Podcast on the Believe Network, sponsored by Prize Picks. I'm Zach Cohen of the 33rd team. We're getting right into it as we always do. If there's any player I've been asked more about, it is Jonathan freaking Taylor. What should you do with him? Simply put, nothing. Do not panic. Hat tip to Ryan McDowell for this specific stat, but we all remember last year with Jonathan Taylor. It took a couple weeks for him to really get going. Exactly how long did it take for him? Well, through the first four games of the 2021 season, he was running back 21. He was averaging 13.1 fantasy points per game. And then in weeks 5 through 18, he averaged 25 points per game that finished as the head dog atop fantasy football standings. Shout out to Ryan for that stat. Right now, Taylor is running back 20. Ladies and gentlemen, please, let's, let's keep it down. We don't need to sell him. Would I say he is a must-buy? Probably not. I mean, it definitely depends on the value you can get for Taylor. I am expecting Indianapolis to throw the ball a bit more in Taylor's absence. He was already ruled out for TNF. Perhaps by the time you listen to this episode of BFP, that game already would have passed. So for now, if you have Taylor, don't panic on him. I'm not a huge fan of Naheem Hines or Deion Jackson, I just think for now, the only Colts running back you should be worried about is Jonathan Taylor. But worried enough to get him off your roster? Probably not. How about some positivity, though? A player who I think could be a smash hit in Week 5, Alan Lazard. Lazard has seen the 18th most snaps versus man coverage among wide receivers this season. We're not even talking about fantasy points. We're not talking about receiving yards. We're talking about how he's been used. Courtesy of The Edge, our awesome free tool on the 33rdteam.com, not only did I find out that he has seen that many snaps versus man coverage, but he has the seventh most points versus man, and he's done it in just three games. Remember, he missed week one. So 18th most snaps, playing the seventh most points. Should there be regression, perhaps, or... Lazard's just a baller against man coverage. Now, the Giants, who the Packers face in London this week, so make sure you have your lineup set before Sunday morning, the Giants' defense has used man coverage at the third highest rate. What does that mean? You should expect Alan Lazard to feast. He should be chowing down all over the Giants' defense. It's ironic because I think his over-under is pretty low. 42.5 receiving yards set on prize picks. I would smash the over on that, to be honest. And if you do not have prize picks, let me tell you, 
I won a lot of money this past weekend. I did really well. I had nine of my 11 props hit. So hopefully you want to join me on this journey together on prize picks. You can use my code Z. Cohen, Z-C-O-H-E-N, the name's in the profile pic, at Zach Cohen FB. Use code Z-Cohen, you sign up and deposit. With that code, they will match your deposit up to 100%. I had a friend put in 100 bucks. They gave him 100 bucks right back. You win that money, that promo money. That goes straight to your account. So you can win a lot of money here. Hit the Lazard over 42.5 receiving yards on prize picks. Let's talk about a sneaky flex play this week. If he's healthy, Isaiah McKenzie, he suffered a head injury in week four. No word as of this recording whether he will be active for Sunday's game. However, and this is exactly what I wrote. I'm literally going to rip from my own article. I wrote a waiver wire article. I write it every week at the 33rdteam.com. Here's why I think he could be a sneaky flex play. He's rostered in 33.5% of leagues, so he's probably available in yours. He still scored 12.1 fantasy points and a touchdown in week four, despite leaving early with a head injury. He's also scored in three of the four games this season, which normally is a cause for regression. We can't rely on touchdowns. But he's seen 15 snaps over the last two games, and he and Devin Singletary, who I'll get to in a minute, are tied for the team's second most targets per game. And we all know this Buffalo receiving group is banged up. Jamison Crowder broke his ankle. He's out indefinitely. Crowder was the leader in the clubhouse for snaps run from the slot with 87% second, and it's not even close, McKenzie, 76% of his snaps from the slot. Those are the highest rates on the team. Crowder's injury should open up a lot more work for McKenzie, proven McKenzie actually plays. And there should be enough passes to go around. Only the Chargers have thrown for more passing yards per game than the Bills. If he's healthy, McKenzie can be, at worst, the Bills wide receiver three. And honestly, with the way Gabe Davis is playing, I don't think you can even start Davis right now. But you might have a case to start McKenzie at least at your flex. Let's talk about a player to trade. I'm getting so many questions about players to trade for, trade away. One name I like to trade. So I guess I don't really like him that much. James Conner just hasn't looked the same. He had 15 rushing touchdowns last season through four weeks. I know he's missed some time with injury. He only has one rushing touchdown. He's just not really getting the usage like last season because at least last season he was catching passes. But now he hasn't seen a double-digit target share in any game this year. You know, Benjamin and Daryl Williams are really eating into Conner's workload in the passing game. And while Conner was a short yardage maven, a goal line ball hawk in 2021, he also was involved in the passing game. Not so much this season. Sorry, James Conner. I think it's time for you to fly. If he's on your roster, ship him off immediately. Why I keep getting asked about this next player, I don't know. Chase Claypool, he's not good. I think we could just leave it at that. His highest finish this season has been wide receiver 50 in PPR, of course. Look, with the Steelers' offense, they are in the bottom half of the league in pass play rates. They're a team that is going to continue to 
feature the run game, no matter how poorly Najee Harris performs. Yeah, they got a rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett now starting for them. He might be an upgrade over Trubisky, but do we really like this offense enough to feed Claypool the ball enough? Not really. George Pickens has emerged as the wide receiver too, and frankly, he's been outplaying Deontay Johnson, or at least he did against the Jets. I still like Deontay Johnson. I still like Chase Claypool. Brad Fryermuth is there. Najee Harris is still involved in the passing game, although not as much as last season. I do not think there is enough opportunity for Claypool to reach that ceiling that we've seen in the past. And not just because he has stunk it up the last four games. Like, it's it's pretty simple here. You look at the production. You look at the potential opportunity. It's not there. Cut Claypool loose if you haven't already. A player who I like, though, and I really didn't think I would. This is one of those times where you got to look back and say, you know what? I think I was wrong. I was wrong about Devin Singletary. The last two weeks, he has shown he can be a very prominent player in this Bills offense. In the last two weeks alone, he's had 73% of the snaps and then 90% of the snaps. And keep in mind, those were two shootout games. You had the Bills playing the Dolphins and then the Bills playing the Ravens. That was a shootout game. Yeah, they were playing from behind in the Baltimore game. But even then, Singletary is getting the route. 73% of the routes in week three, 100% of the running back routes in week four. He has run 33 or more routes each of the past two weeks. And keep in mind, this is still a Bills offense. That is good. They should have enough opportunity for him to catch passes, especially with a banged up receiving group. And even then, he's getting the workload as the running back. He is clearly the RB1 over Zach Moss, definitely over James Cook. He has not done much. I like Singletary. If you have any, any reservation about not playing Singletary, he should be in your starting lineups moving forward. I want to talk about four more players. For the price of one, though, this has to do with the quarterbacks. And this year's quarterbacks have been not good. <laughs> they have not been good unless you have Lamar, Hurts, or Allen you're probably not too happy with your performance. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes has had a few good weeks, but even then, he hasn't been as good as those three. So aside from your top four, five, six, seven quarterbacks, you're probably looking for better options. And if you drafted Matthew Stafford, you are definitely looking for better options. In standard fantasy leagues, he's averaged 10.9 fantasy points. His only good game came against the Atlanta defense, and they've allowed the seventh most passing yards to quarterbacks this season. I, I guess running backs and receivers uh, throw the ball too. I don't know why that includes quarterbacks for now. He also leads the league in interceptions. This week, week five, could it be the bounce back week? I'm not too sure about that. Dallas's secondary isn't the best, but they do play man coverage at the 10th lowest rate excluding Atlanta, which again, Stafford balled. Stafford hasn't really balled at all, mostly because he's faced zone coverage predominantly in every matchup. Arizona held him to below 10 points in week three. Buffalo, they played man nearly 95% of the time in week one, and Stafford also was held to about 10 points. You cannot trust him. If you drafted him, yeah, I get it. You're wishing you hadn't. He's mostly stunk it up, which is why if you're somehow thinking about starting him this week, don't. Instead, these next few guys could all be much better options. Option one, 
He's back from injury. Zach Wilson faces a Dolphins defense that is bottom three in the league in pressure rate and fantasy points. Going back to the fantasy points, the Dolphins have played some pretty darn good quarterbacks in Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. But even then, Wilson has a nice enough arsenal to make plays around him. He also can make plays with his legs. On prize picks right now, his line is set at 205 and a half passing yards. He just threw for 252 at Pittsburgh. I love the over on that. This Dolphins secondary is not what it once was. I expect this game to be more of a shootout, more high scoring than people probably give it credit for. And again, if you want to use my code on prize picks to sign up, deposit, and get your money matched, it's code ZCOIN. Join me. I think I'm going to take the Wilson over on that for sure, unless something drastically changes. Quarterback number two to replace Matthew Stafford or really any other quarterback you might be having issues with, Carson Wentz. Yeah, I know the past two weeks have not been good. He's looked more like the Carson Wentz of the last game last season rather than the Carson Wentz of the first game of these past two seasons. Keep in mind, the Commanders are playing the Titans. This is a defense that's allowed 22 plus fantasy points to Matt Ryan and Derek Carr and 18 fantasy points to Daniel Jones and they've been torched as almost everyone has, by Josh Allen. I would argue Jones is the most similar prototype of quarterback that the Titans have faced to what they are about to face in Wentz. Wentz did have back-to-back 30-point performances to start the season, so we know he has it in him. I think Wentz could have a sneaky good week against a Tennessee defense that has not proven much against quarterbacks who really also haven't proven much. Before I get to my last quarterback, and this one, this one might be a long shot. I am prepared to take the L on this one. Make sure you're following me. I always respond to all my questions, my comments. If you show me proof that you follow the, the show or that you use my code to sign up and deposit on prize picks, code ZCohen. Um, it's basically like a fast pass. You know, you skip the line of all the DMs that I get. And not only that, but hey. I don't know. I could use the numbers. I like following. I like interacting with my followers at Zach Cohen FB on all social media platforms, which brings us to, I don't want to say it's a huge risk because I don't really think anyone's thinking about starting this quarterback. Whoever's starting for the Patriots, that'll probably be Bailey Zappi. I think we'd all be shocked if Mac Jones somehow recovers from a severe ankle sprain. Zappi on just 43 snaps filling in for Brian Hoyer. And again, maybe Brian Hoyer does play. I think, I'm willing to bet that the Patriots roll with Zappy regardless. Even then, Zappy, 43 snaps, 10 for 15, 99 passing yards, and a touchdown. Yes, he fumbled, so he only had six fantasy points. But I'm expecting a shootout between the Patriots and the Lions. Dare I say Detroit's better, too, so maybe New England has to throw the ball more, even though Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris are getting their work in. And side note, they should both be starting in your lineups, at least as a flex play right now. No team has given up more points to quarterbacks this season than the Lions. I think whoever's starting for the Patriots, it'll probably be Zappy, knock on wood, will ball out this week. So those are my transactions for the week, my moves to make, fantasy advice. If you have any more, hopefully you know where to reach me now. Everyone, have a good rest of your week five. If you know Tubi, please give her a pet. And as always, peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.